bases. All your baser belong to us. And what are we on? Bases. Moon bases. Boom. Good day. This is a secured transmission. This communication from maintenance lead Wilder has revealed that complications within the moon base network were not limited to base theta. As such, additional archival files have been uncovered that delve into the history of each base before their respective shutdowns. I repeat, the previous history of all your base. <clears throat> As base says. The following is report AYB-E7. Codeword, Ada. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman, and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. That is why they considered Epsilon to be the showpiece of the entire Moonbase system. And I admit to being impressed. The viewports alone are a marvel of engineering. And they've got a farm that could feed at least a hundred. But it does raise the question, when the Moonbase project was meant to focus on mining and scientific research, why do they need a showpiece? Who are they showing it to? What are the visitors meant to see? Or where are they diverting attention from? This is Barnett Bell, Planetwide Media, signing off. Save that. Send direct to editorial, where I'm sure they'll try to cut my ending. And if they do, send an alert to Raj and warn Zier that I am going to be home soon and I won't be happy. Z knows what I'm like when I'm not happy. For instance, when the rover breaks down on the last leg of my trip, 25 clicks out from base Ada, and I have to wait for someone to notice the damn emergency beacon and come find me. They better be on their way now. I was expected two hours ago by this point. Someone ought to be paying attention. Base Ada, the communication hub of the moon, my ass. They're supposed to be this big data center, the home link for the whole network. But how much does that mean when every comms tower I've passed on the way has been disabled? I'm about ready to hike over to the closest satellite dish and try hollering down into it. The comms tower thing is more than a little suspicious. Don't think that escaped my notice. 
that's on the list of stories in the back of my head that I'm just dying to file. Damn the megas and their guidelines. If there were just more time to investigate before the next supply rocket. But I've extended this trip twice already. They can't do that again. Joe and Hector would kill me. Not to mention, I've got some interesting folks on standby. Oh, that list of stories keeps getting longer, and so many of them are important. But if half of what I think is coming together up here actually happens, they'll need to be filed back on Earth. Somewhere. Someone's got to be willing to take them. On reflection, I don't think I am sending any of this message on ahead. Let's convert to a personal entry. Save it deep in encrypted storage until I make it home. Should have done that from the start, honestly. Not that I can trust my gracious and generous employer even on the ground, but at least there I know the loopholes. Oh, At least there, I could get myself rolling again. I was fixing engines before they put anything on the moon. But here, they're all sealed up tight with the warning that if you crack things open, you violate the manufacturer's terms of use. Eventually, I might risk that. But I guess I'll give them a chance to send a tow out before I do. It's just a damn moon car. Not like they had to go all fancy with it. I'm getting hungry, too. All there is on board is this bag of granola they handed me at Base Epsilon. They're so proud. We grow all the ingredients ourselves. With the size of the farm they've got, they should be serving out banquets. And I can't eat it now anyways because I'm stuck inside a pressurized suit. I've got water and nutrient paste. Those are my options. Both served in a little vinyl tube that pokes at my cheeks when I turn my head too far one way or another. Gods forbid I should look at anything not directly in front of me. You know what they don't have in here? Headache pills! This helmet and the rover's visors are both shaded, and the sun is still killing me. I think you'll be happy with the results of my little trip. I know I said I changed this to a personal entry, but I also know my contract. And eventually, someone listens to every word I've saved to see if something is libelous or profitable, or maybe a mix of the two. So I might as well send a check-in while I'm sitting by the side of a crater with my thumb out. I made it the whole way around the track. Eta, Gamma, Beta, Alpha, Delta, Epsilon. Almost back to go. One more roll of the dice and I would have made it. No, Zeta, of course. The South Pole is so damn far. And apparently Base Theta is not included on official itineraries. Fuel, conservation, and all that bull. I was promised an in-depth interview, but thanks to the comms towers, I don't see that happening. I'm sure it would have been consortium propaganda anyway. I do miss Zeta. I'm pretty bummed about that. If there aren't a few stories buried there, I'm in the wrong line of work. But I did everything I could. I'm giving them 20 more minutes. Setting my implant for 20 minutes. Then I'm opening this thing up myself and taking a wrench to something. 
Things to do, after all. Places to be. Stories to tell. <sighs> the official stuff I'm filing is all fine, I guess. There's a solid piece on Moonbase administration from Alpha. I even cut away with asking some of the keyboard pushers exactly what they do and why it has to happen up here. You know, it's the safer side of seditious, but I got to ask the question. And I took an official tour of Epsilon. I had to promise a nice fluff piece on the Apollos, but afterwards I had a good one-on-one, well, one-on-three, with their science crew. A lot of good background on lunar, geochemistry, volatile elements. I'll have to smooth it out and make it sound flashier than they could. And I know management wanted an innovative piece on mining technology, so I spent some time down in the tunnels on Delta. They wouldn't stop pointing me to places. Look at this, listen to that. These are the new nanobots we're using. This rock has a flavor. <laughs> Almost like they'd just discovered it all themselves. Points for enthusiasm, I guess. Most of the texts on the other bases were bored by comparison. Oh, uh, speaking of technology, there was this little robot on Beta. Did you know about the maintenance bot they're testing? Like, uh, uh, like a cheery little Dalek wandering the halls. I kept expecting him to exterminate. <laughs> and uh, if you don't get that, you were immersed in the wrong sense surrounds as a child. That was a fun story. And I didn't make it to Theta, but Dr. Kasyap on Base Gamma told me this story about some tardigrades on that side. I'd have to verify it back on Earth, but that sounds like fun too. So you'll enjoy all of those. I checked off all their boxes and they'll have plenty to support whatever big multi-corporate rollout they've got next. They can't complain my stories didn't pay the bills. <sighs> well, I can't just sit here. I'm going to... I don't know. Take a walk. See how far I can jump. You've been to the moon, right? Didn't you ever just... jump? Just to see? Anyway, let's move. But, I'm still stuck on that list of other stories. You know the ones I mean. The ones we're not authorized to explore. The ones I can't even look into without... Well, you know what would happen. You're technically one of the people who would have to enforce the things that happen. If I dare to bring them up. If I breathe a word of suspicion about... Look... Something else was going on at Delta. I could see it. I could taste it. One of the medics kept trying to get my attention, but I wasn't able to get away from their base administrator for even a minute to find out why. And on Beta, that Weeble robot was hilarious, but what's not funny is how they're treating the maintenance workers who decided to unionize. I'm pretty sure that's why they started that pilot program to begin with. And there's some sort of shady business going on with the consortium in particular. Everywhere you push too deep across the moon, you run into some sort of consortium connection, no matter which mega is technically running the base. It's like there's some secret cabal, some hidden faction. Maybe that's the angle. If we went to the other side, maybe they'd authorize me to. Maybe we could slip in somehow if they gave us the cover. You're right. <laughs> Who am I kidding? 
They'll close ranks and quote-unquote investigate for themselves. By the time you hear this file, it's probably already happening. They'll probably have my notes the minute I'm within downloading distance. So why are you talking about these things so publicly, Mixbell? You know the answer to that already, too. It's because I'm about 90% ready to walk away at this point in my illustrious career. I'm one redacted deadline away from that last fuck. Oh, look, there it goes, flying off into space. I've been working inside the system for 15 years now, breaking down the walls, and the only thing that's been broken to this point is... me. Ah, that's something at least. Someone at Ada finally checked their messages and another rover is on the way. I guess I better head back to mine. No real rush. They've got a ways to go, but... I guess I'll save that jumping for later. Okay. I knew what I was in for. Nobody makes it into this business without their eyes open. Nobody really believes in free press. We haven't had one of those for most of the century. But at least we used to pretend. They used to let us say a few things, tell a little truth, and then gasp in surprise afterwards. Oh my gods, there's racism and poverty and corruption in our enclaves? We all depended on that little game. We kept playing it because without us, they wouldn't even bother putting on the show that they might improve things. They wouldn't feel the need to occasionally make a gesture and help a few people. Someone's gotta keep things from sliding the whole way down to hell. They let us talk because people can tell that things are wrong. Even if they don't always know why, they feel it. And if there's nothing at all on the news, maybe they'll get more upset and really look deeper. And then maybe a revolution, maybe some sort of uprising, absolutely anti-corporate friendly. And I think about that. And sometimes I think I should walk off the job and just let it happen. I mean, quite an ego I've got there, like, I'm the straw that would break anything anyways, but maybe I should be letting go of my part in things. See if switching to the other side might make a difference. <laughs> but, in the meantime, a few more people might get hurt, might miss a little bit of truth that I'm able to tell them, and let's be honest here, I'd be hurt. I'd be out on the streets, and I don't like to admit that that's a reason, but it's a reason, you know? But it's getting harder to take. Harder to force that smile and hold on hoping. I feel like a fly stuck on the wrong side of the window. I can see what's outside. There might even technically be a way to get out there. But I just keep banging against the glass, banging and banging banging over and over again. And now we're back at the rover. Broken down symbol of my broken down job, broken down life. <laughs> I'm not sure if this bag of granola symbolizes anything. Might as well chuck it the whole way out of the metaphor. <gasps> oh. It went down into the crater. Free calories for some future explorer. I'm sorry to drag you into this, making you listen. 
None of this is your fight. Or if it is, I don't know about it. We've never been that close. I mean, why should we be? That's one thing I do envy about being on the other side of that window for real. It's got to feel more like a community than our side. They don't have a snowball's chance, but they're pulling together for something. I miss how that feels. Huh, getting closer now. That's the put your shoes on, we're almost to grandma's warning. Oh, now I'm stuck on that last thought. I don't know how to turn off my brain, that uh, investigative urge, even when it doesn't do me any favors. I can't help thinking. There's something in the system, something we've all signed off on. We agreed to let it shake things apart, to shake us apart. It used to be I'd do my job and I'd go home to my family, my neighborhood, my community, and I could feel all right there. I felt like I still belonged, but somewhere along the way, this shaking happened, and I'm not even sure where to look to pick up the pieces I've lost. Funny thing is, I think some of them might be up here. Inside every base, when you push past the secrets and rumors and sheepish sideways glances, there's a hint of what I used to feel, like there's something coming together. Maybe the Megas have pushed them all just a little too hard. Maybe it's, it's the distance that gives them breathing room, but, but something is changing on the moon. Maybe it's a community, a revolution, an uprising. I'm half tempted to stick around and see. There's not much time to decide. That next supply rocket leaves tomorrow and I'm meant to be on board. My ride's almost here. Uh, all right, I better stop recording. About half an hour ago, if you had any sense, Barnett. Can I listen to that, please? I just want to hear it all one time together. Then delete it after playback. Okay, notes for the Moonbase Epsilon profile piece. Match this up later with the video I took. I'll do a voiceover. Was that? That's not a sound the rover's supposed to make. Fingers crossed, I guess. Thanks for joining us. Today's All Your Base episode featured Danielle Ellett as Barnett Bell, and I don't think this will be the last time you hear that name. Our consortium announcer is Evan Tess Murray. DJ Silvis wrote the episode and edited dialogue, while Cass McPhee did the sound design. Cass and Deej co-produced the episode. Our theme music is Star by the band Ramp. Check them out at ramp-music.net. Transcripts, cast bios, additional music attribution, and more are found on our website, monkeymanproductions.com. Looking for other great audio drama? Visit fableandfolly.com to learn all about the other shows on our network. None of this would be possible without our Patreon supporters, Join them and get early access to every episode, exclusive bonuses, and the knowledge that you're supporting independent audio fiction. Join them at patreon.com slash monkeymanproductions. 
One more episode to come after this, and we're back on familiar ground, um, familiar moon, with base Theta, but a flashback, and with a character you know nothing at all about yet. Until then, pay attention to the stories you tell, keep an eye out for that consortium, you never know what they're up to, and keep watching the moon. Consortium Channel 5 ends our broadcast day with a final message. Honor all curfews, listen to security, and keep watching the moon. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224bbaker or on our website 224bbaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.